In the first chapter of the gospel attributed to Luke, the gospel writer says, In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a town in Galilee called Nazareth to a young woman engaged to a man whose name was Joseph, who was descended from the house of King David. The young woman's name was Mary. Gabriel came to her and said, Greetings, favored one, the Lord is with you. But Mary was much perplexed by his words and pondered what sort of greeting this might be. The angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God, and now you will conceive and bear a son, and you will name him Jesus. Greetings, favored one. The Lord is with you. Part of the mystery of the Christmas story is that these are not words that a young Jewish woman in Roman-occupied Palestine was likely to have heard 2,000 years ago. In no way would Mary have been considered a favored one in her society. We don't know anything about her family's class or social standing, but life in an occupied land is rarely easy. We can assume she and her family were observant Jews, making trips to the temple in Jerusalem when they needed. That she was engaged to Joseph tells us that she was of good reputation and standing in the community. We might guess she helped her mother and her sisters with the chores of running the house. We might even suppose she was paying special attention to what her mother had to teach her, because she soon would be running her own house. She soon would be expecting her own children. And then, all of a sudden, life changed. Greetings, favored one. The Lord is with you. I'm amused that the angel Gabriel assumes Mary is frightened of him. The Christmas story tells us that she was much perplexed by his words and pondered what sort of greeting this might be. Rather than realizing Mary is just perplexed, the angel says to her, Do not be afraid. Then he goes into a long explanation of what will happen to her. I can imagine that once she got over the initial surprise of having an angel standing in front of her, she summoned the courage needed to deal with the situation. All the paintings of Mary and Gabriel show her submissively listening to him. I would like to think the interaction was a little more give and take than that. In my mind, Mary doesn't take all this, you will conceive and bear a son stuff sitting down. I imagine her having lots of questions for this angel. I imagine her saying, what do you mean I'm going to get pregnant? Are you out of your mind? Get the heck out of here before I call my mother. Buzz off, buster. In biblical stories, having an angel appear to you can mean nothing but trouble. I assure you, nothing but trouble. If an angel shows up, your life is going to change, and not for the easier either. Regrettably, too many people have domesticated the angels turning them into sappy, sweet helpers that keep you from getting parking tickets. <laughs> you and I probably don't pay much attention to these gift shop-inhabiting angels. 
But sticking with the Christmas story, the angel Gabriel showing up at Mary's house was anything but good news for her. Getting pregnant when she doesn't want to be puts any young woman in a terrible position. That Gabriel was there to tell her that she was going to get pregnant by someone other than Joseph could not have thrilled Mary in the slightest. She wasn't looking for trouble, but it found her anyway. Greetings, favored one. No wonder Mary was perplexed. We too have times in our lives when we are confronted with perplexing choices and situations. We too have to deal with trouble when it comes. This is the season of Advent, the season of expectant waiting. What law in us longs to be born? What might we carry within us that will bring love and joy? After Mary had talked to the angel Gabriel and gotten her questions answered, the story tells us that she was satisfied. The gospel writer concludes, Then Mary said, Here I am, the servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your word. Then the angel departed from her. For us, what comes as a difficulty or challenge may take months or even years to come to fruit. Each of us has hopes and dreams we work toward. Each of us will have challenges and trials that we patiently attend to. Like Mary, once we are able to see what is needed of us, we will find the strength to do it. Once we know what we must do, we will have the courage to act. One of the reasons the Christmas story endures is because we can all put ourselves into it. We can imagine the scene and its people. We see ourselves there. In his poem, Noel, Christmas Eve, 1913, British poet laureate Robert Bridges describes a hillside in rural England on Christmas Eve. As Beth Norton so lovingly wrote in her music notes, the sparkling stars and pealing of church bells in the valley below inspires Bridges to reflect on the Christmas story and the angelic revelations to the shepherds in a similar setting. For me, she says, these hillsides could just as well be in Transylvania or New England. For you, they may be somewhere else. Listen now to Robert Bridges' poem, Noel, Christmas Eve, 1913. A frosty Christmas Eve when the stars were shining, fared I forth alone where westward falls the hill. And from many a village in the watered valley, distant music reached me, peals of bells a-ringing. The constellated sounds ran sprinkling on earth's floor as the dark vault above with stars spangled o'er. Then sped my thoughts to keep that first Christmas of all, when the shepherds watching by their folds ere the dawn heard music in the fields and marveling could not tell whether it be angels or the bright stars singing. Now blessed be the towers that crowned England so fair, that stand up so strong in prayer unto God for our souls. Blessed be their founders, 
said I and our country folk who are ringing for Christ in the belfries tonight with arms lifted to clutch the rattling ropes that race into the dark above and the mad romping din. But to me, heard afar, it was starry music, angels' song comforting as the comfort of Christ when he spake tenderly to his own sorrowful flock. The old words came to me by the riches of time, mellowed and transfigured, I stood on the hill, hearkening in the aspect of the eternal silence.